Hello, and welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast, hosted by Enterprise Management Associates, an industry-leading IT analyst research firm that provides deep insights across the full spectrum of IT and data management technologies. The Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast will take a deep dive into the security topics that are top of mind for information security practitioners, IT professionals, and technology business leaders. Join security experts Chris Steffen, VP of Research at EMA, and Ken Buckler, Research Analyst at EMA, for some truly awesome topics. Chris and Ken, take it away. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast. I am your host. I am Christopher Steffen. Joining me today is my friend and colleague, Mr. Ken Butler. We are going to spend some time talking today. I preface this by saying this is not the new Zero Trust podcast. That's not all that we're going to be talking about. But it's been really relevant for us in our industry, in security in general, to be talking about Zero Trust. There's always news announcements practically every day of the latest Zero Trust initiative, the latest Zero Trust vendor. And so it is appropriate to talk about it today. The goal of the podcast today, I think, is to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that companies of every size have when going on their Zero Trust journey. From where do we start to how do we take and use antiquated tools to what is this Zero Trust stuff to whatever have you. And we could talk about all those for hours on end. We're only going to cover them briefly today, but I think it is worth having some of those very basic conversations. So Ken, how does that sound to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really important to to have the base level conversations about this just because of some of the misconceptions around zero trust. You know, I, I mean, and honestly, all right, let okay, let's be honest. Zero trust really is a marketing buzzword. Now, with that said, zero trust is really what we should have been doing all along when it comes to some of the cybersecurity practices. Is there any reason that one user's workstation needs to be able to talk to another user's workstation on the same network? No, not really. They're going to have specific resources on a network they need to access, and that's it. There's no reason for a user's workstation to be able to communicate directly with another one. All that does is create opportunities for malware to propagate. So it's that kind of shift in thinking, that kind of shift in the way that we approach cybersecurity is really going to be the the true key to unlocking zero trust, in my opinion. Zero trust is more than just a marketing buzzword. It is the personification of an idea. It's a philosophy. And it took somebody like John Kindervog, who's the guy who coined the term zero trust, to create a overreaching, overarching philosophy that people can kind of agree with. As you mentioned, I totally agree. It's something that we should have been doing from the very get-go. Why do you as the accounting guy need to have access to the same share and information that the HR guy uses? Why does the president of the company, who, by the way, is your biggest offender of zero trust principles in general, need to have access to the ins and outs of the production environment or or even like a dev test environment? And the answer is just obviously the answer is no. They don't need to be able to do those things. And so that's where kind of the zero trust philosophy came from. 
one of the conversations that I always have is I use the, and I use this in the last podcast too, but we'll expand a little bit on it, is the idea that people are not starting in in this hypothetical green field. And what I mean by a green field is that everybody has a starting spot. And let's let's hypothetically say to achieve zero trust, which there is no achieving. It's a, it's a journey. It's something that is continuous. There is no end to it. There's only a beginning of that journey. But when people begin their journey, the assumption is that you have to do these 50 things to achieve zero trust. Well, I'm here to tell you that almost nobody is starting out at zero. No matter what your environment is, you are starting out with some of those things, be it an understanding of what your data looks like, understanding how your applications are mapping, having policies in place that that prohibit access to certain environments, having, you know, strong controls around your devices and and how they can communicate, having a network solution that is segmented, whatever, wherever you'd like to start. And there's, you know, I just pointed out five or six different avenues that you can play with there. Start in one of those spots and then iterate from there. When you evaluate what it takes to get from point start to point maintenance, because again, there's no end, that you probably are further along than you think. You just haven't quantified it that way. And you're going to find that the hardest part about zero trust is the process and the procedure, not the technology itself. And I like how you use the, the term green fields there. Um, so, so there's actually a related term the Environmental Protection Agency uses called brownfields. And what they what a brownfield is, is it's basically it's a contaminated site. It's a site where there's been significant pollution in the ground and possibly in the the underground water supply as well. And I I bring that up. That's really important because really a lot of the the current IT implementations out there when it comes to cybersecurity really probably should be considered brownfields because many of them are not properly managed, even with yesterday's cybersecurity standards. So it, it's going to be a, a, a challenging task uh, to the administrators. They're going to be, oh, you want me to implement this? Well, my stuff isn't even secure right now where it should be. Now you want me to implement this additional lockdown. Well, you know, the, there's some advantages to that. You know, one of the, one of the great advantages of that is you can actually use zero trust to, I'm not going to say replace, but deprecate certain technologies. So, for example, VPN or network segmentation. You know, with VPNs, the, the entire reason that you have the user VPN into your company's network, your organization's network, is so that they now have full access to the entire network. Well, that might be a you know one way to secure the network, but at the same time, if those VPN credentials get compromised, you're now giving an attacker full access to your internal network. So instead of even just implementing segmentation where, okay, we're going to have just a segmentation for just the VPN users or whatever, the, the, the whole concept of micro-segmentation gets introduced with uh, Zero Trust in that users become isolated from everything except for what they actually need access to. And, and that's actually going to make the lives easier for the IT admins. So you, you mentioned having a micro-seg environment. And again, I think that most 
security practitioners would say that that is a best practice, right? Whether, regardless of how you're doing it, regardless of, you know, what technologies you're going to use, there's, there's several of them out there. Um, one of my favorites, by the way, is a, a technology called a software-defined perimeter solution, SDP. Very, very cool technology, great VPN replacement. There's a number of great vendors out there that I'm more than happy to talk about if you ping me and we can talk about that in, in depth. But let's talk about micro-segmentation. And as I mentioned previously, just a moment ago, that most companies are they're not starting at ground zero. So in, in the case of a segmented environment, there is a pretty good chance that you have, in the old terms, a demilitarized zone that separates your production environment from your testing environment, from a QA environment. I think that's generally a best practice. I, I mean, Ken, did you ever create an environment that didn't have a demilitarized zone? Uh, not intentionally, no. Well, me either, right? <laughs> and so, and, and so, again, you, you start thinking about, you know, is this idea completely new? And the answer is no. It may be new segmenting various users or on an individual basis. And, and again, we can talk about that later, but the idea is not new. And like I said, there's a good chance that you are doing some of those things, at least to some degree already. I guess my key when talking about zero trust is you got to start somewhere. And the key is just get started. Do an inventory Phone a friend to come and help you if you can't do it by yourself. This is one of those cases, by the way, where phoning a friend, getting outside resources and help is perfectly acceptable and, and quite frankly, quite understood that you're going to do that because sometimes it is a little bit daunting. Once you get that initial project off the ground and understand the direction that you want to go as an organization, then you can kind of take it upon yourself and then maybe you don't need as much consulting or whatever. But getting that project plan in place, understanding where you are so you can understand where you're going, I think is a critical first step. And then you're going to find very quickly that you are already doing some of these things really well. Now you're going to do the next thing just that much better. And, and something that would be absolutely critical in putting together that plan is going to be getting stakeholder buy-in. Now, you know, of course, the, the stakeholders at this point absolutely understand the need for security, but at the same time, they might not necessarily fully understand this whole zero trust concept, and they might not understand that there's going to be benefits for the entire organization by adopting it. For example, you know, a properly implemented uh, zero trust solution, a zero trust approach is going to significantly reduce the amount of times the user has to type their username and password. It's going to embrace true single sign-on capabilities. And the wonderful part about that is it also, then in the process, gives you least privilege access, meaning that users are only accessing the stuff that they need. And I, I think that's going to be a, a very big win-win when you approach a, a stakeholder with that and show them, hey, this is going to increase user productivity, and it's also going to make the organization more secure at the same time. Yeah, there's a lot of resources out there about how to approach the initial kickoff process, get, you know, securing your stakeholders, getting them to understand the benefits of taking and looking at a zero trust infrastructure, why it is a benefit to your organization. Lots of literature out there. Go to the Cloud Security Alliance. They have uh, something that I helped curate called the Zero Trust Resource Hub. There's a lot of that stuff out there. 
All the different vendors that are out there have their own take on what Zero Trust means and how they can help you as well. I highly suggest taking and looking around there. And again, as always, if you're looking for additional resources, you can always ping Ken or I on LinkedIn, you know, via email, whatever have you. We'll be happy to take and provide information in that area as well. The one takeaway that I want everybody to, to realize is that you're not starting from scratch. And the most important part about Zero Trust at the end of the day is to get started. You don't have to finish. You aren't going to finish. But starting down the process is going to be a major step in getting there to begin with. I know that makes, you know, obviously overly simplified sense, but you got to start the project. You got to not be intimidated by the project and you got to know that you're going to be successful. And there's a lot of different ways and a lot of different solutions out there to help you be successful. Absolutely. 1000% agree. So with that, I think that we covered this pretty well today. Um, I hope this has been interesting to you. If you have other topics that you'd like us to talk about, again, always send us a quick message and we'll be happy to consider those. Apart from that, I hope that you have a great rest of your day and thanks again for listening. Thanks, Chris and Ken, for all your great insights on today's topic. Make your next podcast awesome when you work with EMA security experts Chris Steffen or Ken Buckler. Educate your prospects, differentiate your solution, and add the credibility of a third-party expert to your message. Visit cybersecurityawesomeness.com to listen to past episodes.